Hi, welcome to Habits and Hope, and thank you for coming back to another daily habit Bible reading, however you want to call it. What we're doing right now is sharing in the habit of partaking in the Word every day, doing it where hopefully you gain confidence and you gain being comfortable. So if you want to grab a Bible and read along, if you want to just have to listen in your car, whatever it takes to get you where you feel more comfortable, that's where we want you to be. So we are now starting in First John, so you're in a good place because we're starting a whole new chapter. And some of these chapters were just flying through, but um, this one is written by the Apostle John. Um, it's a letter that was untitled and written to no particular church. It was sent as a pastoral letter to several Gentile congregations, and this information is coming out of the NLT Life Application Bible. <clears throat> um, it says it was probably written between um, 85 and 90 AD from Ephesus. Um, the setting is John's an older man and perhaps the only surviving apostle at this time, which would be really hard. I mean, there's 12 of them and now he is down to it. So I can only imagine how that might felt, have felt, but he is older. Um, he had not been yet banished to the island of Patmos, which that's where he's going to live in exile and write the revelations. This is a little bit me speaking and it, so I apologize. Um, as an eyewitness to Christ, of Christ, he wrote authoritatively to give this new generation <clears throat> of believers assurance and confidence in God and in their faith. Um, and then here is the introduction I'll read. A good man, yes, perhaps one of the best who ever lived, but just a man, say many. Others disagree, claiming that he suffered from delusions of grandeur, a messiah complex, and the argument rages over the true identity of this man called Jesus. Suggestions have ranged from simple teacher to egomaniac and misguided fool. Whoever he was, all would agree that Jesus left his mark on history. Hearing these discussions, even Christians can begin wondering in doubt, is Jesus really God? Did he come to save sinners like us? Does God care about me? First John was written to dispel doubts and to build assurance by presenting a clear picture of Christ. Entering history, Jesus was and is God <clears throat> in the flesh and God in focus, seen, heard, and touched by the author of this letter, John the Apostle. John walked and talked with Jesus, saw him heal, heard him teach, watched him die, met him arisen, and saw him ascend. John knew God, and he had lived with him and had seen him work, and John enjoyed fellowship with the Father and the Son all the days of his life. The elder statesman in the church, John wrote it, this letter to his dear children. In it, in it, he presented God as light, as love, and as life. He explained in simple and practical terms what it means to have fellowship with God. At the same time, false teachers had entered in the church denying the incarnation of Christ. John wrote to correct their serious errors, so John's letter is a model for us to follow as we combat modern modern heresies. And then it kind of goes on to like talk about the different parts of the scripture, but I'm going to at this point go ahead and start reading the word, and we'll start in John 1.1. Um, well, there's one other little part right here. It says, John wrote about the most vital aspects of faith so that his readers would know Christian truth from error. He emphasizes the basics of faith so that we can be confident in our faith in our dark world. God is light in our cold world. God brings the warmth of love. In our dying world, God brings life. 
When we lack confidence, these truths bring us certainty. All right, so now, <laughs> for real this time, John 1, 1, and starting in verse 1. We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. He is this one who is the life itself was revealed to us, and we have seen him. And now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father, and then he was revealed to us. We proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard, so that you may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. So, I mean, this is him saying, listen, really, we know, we have witnessed it. This is a firsthand witness statement. Um, Verse 5, this is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth, but we are living in the light as God is the light. Then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sins. If we claim to have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and are not and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim to have not sinned, we are have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. And that's quite a bold claim, but it, the point is is and we've talked about this a lot lately. Um if you go back even just the very previous one, of these uh, Bible readings, you know, we were just talking about how God is light and he is everything that we're not naturally to some degree. He is perfectly righteous. He has no sin in him and darkness cannot exist in the light. If you, if you turn on the light, you alleviate the darkness. He is the light. There is no darkness. And so we can't be in the same place. And then to say that, um, if we say like, oh, we're not sinners or we're good people or whatever, you know, we're saying well, we don't need him. We don't need a savior from anything. But truly it's saying <clears throat> if we do confess our sins, that he is faithful and he is going to forgive us over and over and over again and cleanse us completely white as snow. And if we claim that, um, that then we are now the receivers of that eternal life versus saying that he has no place in our hearts, which is the alternative to saying we don't need it. And that's a really short um, part of it. So I won't go on too much. I feel like it's pretty um, clear what it is. I'm looking at this just really quick. I usually look and see if there's anything specifically. I mean, I think that's one thing that we can really rest in a lot of times you're like, but have you seen Jesus? And I don't know how to have faith, but you know, this is a written down account, you know, like it or not, this is history. And he is saying, I have, I witnessed, I have touched it. I have seen it. I've seen the miracles. I've seen the man. I've saw him before the death. I saw him after the death. And that's something that we can rest our faith in that if we can trust a history book, 
to tell us history and sometimes that is you know that is written truly by man and not god inspired and we know there's issues in that and we tend to put faith in that this is the history book that was inspired by god and you can fully rest in that and that is huge so i will leave it with that and then we'll pick up in first john 2 tomorrow i hope you have a very blessed day